Hello, I'm Richard Fieldhouse with the NASGP The Art of GP Locoming podcast and today I am talking to Judith Harvey on her latest article, Body Worlds, for the NASGP magazine. Welcome back, Judith. Thank you very much. Um, always great nice to, ha- to be here. Good, yes. Ni- nice to have you back as well because um, you were uh, uh, travelling up in the, in the Arctic Circle for a little bit, weren't you? And um, you're back, back down south now, which is nice. That's right. Good to have you back. And you've been, and when you came back, you've been to visit this um, exhibition in London, Body Worlds. Is this a, is this a permanent thing or is it a, a travelling exhibition? Uh, I understand that um, the Body Worlds has obtained a permanent exhibition site. It's right on Piccadilly Circus by Eros. Uh, they do have exhibitions which I think come and go uh, around the world. Um, but this is permanent, as I understand it. And its place in Piccadilly, um, Piccadilly being really quite a sort of a, the central tourist hub, pretty much of the UK, I guess. You were apprehensive about going, weren't you? Yes, I suspected that uh, it was going to be a bit like the Chamber of Horrors, that it was a, a an unpleasant um, and generally salacious exhibit designed to appeal to some of our worst uh, desires. Um, but I didn't find that at all. It wasn't that like that at all. What, what, what was it that changed your mind then? Did, did that happen towards the end or was it quite early on in the exhibition? It happened quite early on. And once you've got your ticket, you may have to wait a bit. So you're shepherded into a fairly small, rather dimly lit lift and you go up to the fifth floor, which is where the exhibition starts. And then you go down it's on two maybe three floors uh, and I thought mm, don't like this but you step out and the uh, the first thing you see if I if I remember rightly is a big uh, cartoon on a wall which is about health and the effects of lifestyle and in particular stress on health and it's got cartoon figures and things like that and it encourages you to look at everything and consider the health aspects of what you see. So, oh, that's not what I was expecting. <laughs> and that's not, not what you often see when you come into a, a sort of a Disney type attraction, is it, as well, asking you to look at something like that? It's much more that tends to be would be more of a focus on on your impending entertainment, I guess. Yes, I think so. Yes, it encouraged, I can't remember the words exactly now, but it certainly set the tone for something that you should spend time on and think about, as well as just getting enjoyment and interest. Oh, and what sort, what sort of crowd were you with? Were they were these foreign visitors? Were there adults or children? Is there an age limit to this exhibition? Uh, not that I know. I think there may be... Um, suggests that children under a certain age have an expectation of what they're going to see but there were quite small children there there were tourists there were lots of locals it was people from all over okay so so and and so what what is the what is the main um sort of item then of, of, on on on, ex, on exhibition at, at this at body world so what what is it you're seeing what you're seeing is plastinated bodies and bodies part, body parts. These are bodies uh, that have been um, filled with plastic. Uh, they, they're not in plastic, 
they are um, the fluids in the body has been replaced with plastic um, and there are <clears throat> whole bodies and there are groups of bodies that are all posed as I think I said in the article it's not just humans there is a horse there a, a rearing horse with a rider on its back so that's what 20 feet high and there are the, the, the whole bodies maybe posed to show you the muscles um, of a runner or an archer or any sports person sitting, standing, doing nothing, doing something, even having sex. There is a kind of a, a, a way round if, if you don't want to look at that or you don't want your children to see it, you're signaled around the outside. But it's in fact, I think children would be just look at it and either not know what they were up to, she's sitting on him, or know perfectly well and not be phased. I think it's that's an adult um, prudishness, probably. It was designed to inform um, the as well as as well as the bodies I've described, pose bodies. There are bodies uh, in which. Uh, everything has been removed, say, but the nervous system and the nervous system has been dyed red. And so you see this huge mm. network of nerves and you can see where there are very dense networks of nerves and the bits of the body that are less well enervated, that kind of thing. So there is a lot of looking at different organs. And in fact, the exhibition uh, is arranged more or less organ by organ, so you or system by system. So there'll be a number of exhibits, a few plast, full body plastinates, maybe, um, uh, about the respiratory system. But then there is there are a lot of um, organs themselves. So you see healthy lungs and lungs of smokers, and a very a lot of information, mostly very well written. It's not. It's not um, speaking down to people. Uh, sometimes I thought, hmm, that's quite technical. But they are treating people as interested grown-ups. And people spend a lot of time looking at them, um, reading the information, looking at the exhibits. There's some videos. There's maybe games to play about your stress level or your um, how hard you can breathe. Uh, but one of the things is you're not allowed to use a phone. So there's nobody there just taking, not looking at an exhibition, but just taking a photograph and going to put it on Facebook and maybe look later. People have to concentrate and they do. So it's almost like a, a sort of a crash course at medical school, isn't it, really? You've got you've got um, incredible exhibits, but also laid out in a in a in a very captivating way that, that um, is to designed to educate. That's absolutely right. And in fact, um, the plastination technique was developed first uh, for specimens for teaching anatomy because there's no ideal specimen for teaching anatomy um, and this gets away from foul formalin spelling bodies they have their place but the plastinated specimens which you can handle and which apparently feel quite like the real thing well they are the real thing but yeah. they feel quite um right um 
are very, very widely used in medical schools now. Um, the other thing about it is that medical schools are catching up with the approach of the exhibition, which is to inform about the health messages attached to each exhibit. And in my day, you did anatomy and you didn't think about disease at all, as far as I can remember, um, let alone about treatment and health. Now it's much more all done together. And this exhibition has the same approach, which so is interesting. A sort of a mixture of anatomy and pathology then, rather than just completely separating the two. Anatomy, pathology, um, real life consequences and what you can do about it. That's another message that comes from the way the ex exhibition presents itself. It wants visitors to think and to think about their own lifestyle. And you mentioned uh, after something like 33% of visitors uh, some six months uh, having been to see the exhibition say they actually they've modified their lifestyle but 33% is quite a huge figure really when you when the intervention here is what a 25 pounds exhibition for a couple of hours um that is also some enjoyment from but also it can have that much of an impact it's I mean, interesting isn't it and one of the messages that you have to make things enjoyable interesting and to engage people with thinking about their own health and that's what this exhibition seems to do and the Vienna follow-up was just asking people there was what people say and what they're actually doing can be different things and yeah. I guess rather less than 33% were actually doing very much but still it had made an impact and a significant number had changed something as a result. And do do you you mentioned that that there's perhaps there's some way that the NHS could sort of I don't know if this is tongue in cheek or not but the NHS do a partnership almost with Body Worlds um almost we have a like re referring patients to um to the gym or to to smoking cessation clinics maybe a trip to Body Worlds might be uh, might be on order. Well, it was sort of tongue in cheek, but the more I thought about it, and and the more I realised what I'd learnt and what people who came to it not knowing where their kidneys were or you know, how their blood system worked, the amount that they could learn from it, um, it seemed to me, well, actually, this is a good way of changing behaviour. Uh, but as with all behaviour change, it needs supporting. And there are two forms of support. One is reinforcement by your peer group. So go with your family and school groups go. There are special arrangements for school groups with um, preparation and so on. Um, and, of course, over time, uh, three months later, six months later, a year later, you need a booster. Yeah. Um, another visit, discussion, whatever it is. So I thought well, that was quite interesting. Do, I mean, do, do, do you think you'll be making a trip back again in, the, in the near future? Um. Probably not. I mean, it's one of the troubles is it is it's an expensive um, exhibition, twenty eight pounds. That's I can't remember how much the full price for going to see the Leonardo exhibition was, but it's probably more expensive than that was. Um, but uh, I would, you know, I would 
consider it. They they do change the exhibitions over time. I wouldn't rule it out. And what about what about the um, the sort of the ethics of this, but in terms of the um, the the sourcing of these bodies? Because you mentioned there has been there's been some some controversy over this. Although it sounds like recently, coming out of America, there's been a more of a thorough investigation, and maybe those are not not so founded. Yes, and a lot of people have worried about where these bodies came from. Were they obtained with the sort of informed consent that we would consider ethical. And if you know that a lot of the bodies came in the past, as far as this exhibition is concerned, um, from China, where informed consent may mean saying to a prisoner about to be executed, if we can take your organs, we'll give your family your body instead of throwing it in a pit. Um, the it's huge business in China, government sponsored business, and there is a big, big credibility gap between the the number of organs and bodies that are used both for transplant and uh, and for plastination, which is a huge exporter, and where they come from, and there is an international. Um, independent tribunal is looking at that at the moment and and there in fact was a preliminary report by them in this week's British Medical Journal that's about 15th of December. It seems that Dr Gunther von Hagens who is the boss of Body Worlds and who invented plastination uh, as a way of finding better teaching aids for his anatomy students was involved with the Chinese um, plastination industry. He taught them, um, but he, it appears, and I think this is um, independently verifiable, that he hasn't used any bodies from China since, since 2007. And he has 1,800 people, almost all Europeans, uh, who are on his list who are happy to donate their bodies after death. Good grief. Um, one of the quotes was, well, I'd far rather be a plastinated body there than you know, a pile of ashes in the crematorium or mouldering in the ground. And looked at that way, yes. Yeah, yeah, they've, got, they've, 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 they've made a good point well made. And in, in, in terms of, it's, it's quite an unusual thing uh, it's a very, very modern thing to be able to walk around the com comfortably around a nice building and look at dead bodies without there being any disgust or threat or, or anything like that. It's 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 a it's a what a, what a, what a behavioural economists call this memes new ways that that, that could that that new uh, sort of almost cultural habits that that things that people do that then go on to change the course of of social behavior and there's there's this, there's something quite existential about standing in a room looking at looking into the eyes of a dead person that is that is that is that is um it's almost like looking in a mirror and i'm just wondering what sort of impact can that start to have on on people's behavior did did you go away thinking thinking about yourself or humanity or anything like that are you know are uh, uh, 
afterwards? Is it, have you sort of with those sort of deep thoughts at all, or or and do you think people might go away? You've obviously mentioned already that it's that it's has some effect on changing people's behaviour, but just the way we look at life. From my point of view, being a doctor, having been through anatomy courses, done surgery, examined numerous patients' bodies, dead bodies, mm. seen a lot of them. Um, I don't think I'll ever forget that feeling when the patient is lying on the operating table with green drapes and knife to skin and seeing somebody's belly opened up for abdominal surgery or a caesar and even when i did that myself i found that quite disturbing mm. but what i remember is once you're inside you forget about that we don't see people's innards on a day-to-day -day basis as we walk down the street or in our own home that is something different and i think that that is probably the dichotomy we in everyday life, we see people, skin, um, shape, eyes, hair, all the rest of it. Um, we don't see their innards. And I can't speak for somebody who came to it naive. I, I have a friend who can't bear anything to do with blood and bodies, and she probably wouldn't like it at all. But everybody there seemed to be just fascinated to learn what they were like inside. They're, I think they're very careful not to shock. There are quite a lot of cartoons. There are these quotes from people like Khalil Gibran and Kant and you name them, scattered through the exhibition. Um, there are a few videos. There's a nice little video of a guy who was in the plane that was landed in the Hudson River in New York and everybody survived. And he talks about what it was like to be pretty damn certain that he was going to be dead within five minutes and how that had changed his life briefly and simply if he's got good wine he drinks it <laughs> yeah i mean not not drinking it to excess but just um treating each day as important because you might not have another and yeah. and that was an in you know, only five minutes but quite impactful yeah maybe you think anyway the, I mean, I remember for me at medical school, I remember my very, very first day on the wards in my third year at St George's on infectious diseases. And, and, and I, it was such a strong memory. It was the first time I'd think I'd ever touched another person. It was just being shown how to examine a body, placing my hands on on the skin of some person. Um, and, and, and I thought, wow, you know, here I am, I'm 20 years old, and I've, I don't think I've ever done this before. And, and that's always stayed with me as a when examining patients that actually patients might not be used to other people's fingers touching their skin and I think any medical student any doctor sh should find something of interest there um, it's a refresher course it's a new way of looking at anatomy uh, particularly if you come from a generation before plastinated specimens were available in anatomy classes. Um, and the link between the specimens and health and what you can do about it is, is powerful. And it's a reminder for doctors about 
supporting self-care and advising on personal health it's not disgusting i think that's the point Hmm. it's not disgusting in the way that a dead body preserved in formalin is quite repulsive really because of the smell because it's dead because it's this strange color this is something that you don't normally see and it's helping you to understand what's inside you and how it works and what you can do to keep it working well i think the uh, the follow-up questions did include questions about what people felt psychologically um about the exhibition and about the that sort of response to it as well as did it change your um smoking behavior did you, are you exercising more it would be it would be it would be be very, be, be very interesting like i say as a as a cost effective health intervention maybe things um may, may well be going that way so judy thank you so much for for um for uh, writing this article and for um doing this podcast with me um so uh, uh, thank you again. And any any travels planned? Anywhere exciting at all you've got coming up? We're going to Salzburg uh, because a college friend of mine has a play being put on in the theatre in Salzburg based on the real history of her great aunt who spent the Second World War in a cellar in Berlin being hidden from the Nazis by her lover who lived with his wife in an apartment in the block above the cellar. So that should be interesting. It certainly and should be. <laughs> you do know so many interesting people, Judith. <laughs> anyway, thank, thank you very much, and, we'll, and we'll, we'll speak to you again next time. Nice, nice to speak to you. Thank you, Judith. Bye-bye. Um, bye-bye. Bye-bye.